the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through 1 Samuel. One way that you can combat discouragement in your souls is to just constantly be fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. In other words, that Jesus, he knew the cross was before him, but he looked beyond the cross, who for the joy set before him, he realized that there was going to be great victory, but he's going to have to go through some suffering until he gets to the victory side of things. And so the writer of Hebrews says to us, just follow the good example of Jesus. More often than not, the battle in front of us can seem larger than God. Our problems get bigger and bigger and take over our minds and invade our lives with worry. In today's message, Pastor Gary will share with you that this seemingly big issue was also something Jesus dealt with while he was here on earth. The only difference is Jesus knew and trusted that his father was stronger and had already won those battles. Jesus was able to look past something as difficult as the cross and see his heavenly Father. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 26 with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. A lot of times discouragement and despair will lead us to places that we don't want to go, but we end up there and we think to ourselves, how did I get here? And I never would have thought I would have ended up in this place. And let me tell you something. The enemy will pour it on thick. Satan roams around like a roaring lion looking for people to devour. And he wants to ruin your life. He wants to ruin your marriage. He wants to take your kids. He wants to ruin your business. He wants to ruin our church. I mean, everything that the enemy can lay his hands on that have any resemblance or anything that gives glory to God, Satan will try to attack. And in our lives, he will often use despair and discouragement to try to make us subservient to him. So we get into a place where we just like give up or we, we get so discouraged that we just end up doing things and going to places we never thought we would. So how do you fight that? Well, I'm going to give you Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, and I don't mean this as you know, just kind of take two verses and, you know, call me in the morning. But the fact is that, that sometimes all we need are a couple of verses to remind us about the truth of what God says, to combat the lies of the enemy. And here's what Hebrews 12, 1 to 3 says. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, referring to this great hall of faith from chapter 11, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Listen, 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Isn't that a great passage? That's Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Amen. Yeah, give God praise for that. The writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, one way that you can combat discouragement in your souls is to just constantly be fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. In other words, that Jesus, he knew the cross was before him, but he looked beyond the cross, who for the joy set before him, he realized that there was going to be great victory, but he's going to have to go through some suffering until he gets to the victory side of things. And so the writer of Hebrews says to us, just follow the good example of Jesus. Because he endured suffering and he endured the shame for us. But then he enjoyed the joy set before him and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says, Consider him who endured such shame and such suffering so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And it's just a reminder to us that when the enemy comes in hard, just focus on Jesus and keep your eyes on Jesus. Corey Ten Boom, I love to quote her every once in a while. She was a, um, a prisoner of war in Nazi Germany. And um, when she was released, uh, although the rest of her family died in the prison camps, but she said this, Corey Ten Boom said, look within and be depressed. Look without and be distressed. Look at Jesus and be at rest. Amen. So, chapter 28. Now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. And Achish said to David, you assuredly know that you will go out with me to battle, you and your men. And so David said to Achish, surely you know what your servant can do. There he is, still enslaved to the enemy. And Achish said to David, therefore I will make you one of my chief guardians forever. The NIV says bodyguard. So, you know, David is now going to be a bodyguard to Achish. He's going to fight for him. But now look at this twist here in chapter 28. It gets demonic, friends. Here we go. Verse 3. Now, Samuel had died. That's the prophet, right? And all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. Okay, that's one good thing Saul did. Mediums and spiritists. We're talking about people who tapped into the occult, people who tapped into the demonic. Now, King Saul did the right thing because you don't need to turn there. But if you want to write in the margin of your Bible, Deuteronomy 18 I'm going to read to you what God had said to the Israelites in Deuteronomy 18 before they even went into the promised land. This is what God said through Moses in Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 to 14. God says, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. 
For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God for these nations which you will dispossess listened to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. So God is very clear here. You got to rid the land of these things. In fact, he also said in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 31, give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. So Saul has done a good thing at some point in his reign by getting rid of the mediums and the spiritists, those who are, listen, We're not talking, you know, people who like a good magic trick and sleight of hand, that kind of thing. We're talking about people who actually tap into the demonic principalities and who are tapping into this kind of uh, evil spiritual stuff. Saul got rid of them. However, Saul, because he's in a bad place, he's like, I got to go consult a medium. I got to go find one, and I'm the one who drove him out of the land. And so, look what happens here. And so, verse 4, Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. And so Saul gathered all Israel together, and they encamped at Gilboa. And when Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. Notice this. Because Saul had spent so much time, energy, and effort tracking down David, who wasn't the real enemy, now he's afraid of who the real enemy is, the Philistines. And so he's afraid. His heart trembled greatly. Verse 6, and when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by the Urim or by the prophets. And then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And they say, well, there's this Long Island spirit, this medium lady. She's, you know, she's got... She's got something going. Oh, let me tell you something. That lady, if you watch the Long Island medium, she is, that's demonic stuff. I'm just telling you right now. And if you just think that that's just kind of neat TV, it's not neat TV. Well, keep reading here and I'll I'll get into this a little bit before we share communion together. But um, because we got to wash down all this garbage after reading this, but. He says, like, let me find a medium that I may go inquire of her. And his servant said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. So, like, you, you got to go. Endor happens to be eight miles to the north from where they are. Uh, Endor translates in Hebrew, spring of the circle. It's interesting. And so Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes, and he went, and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night, and he said, please conduct a seance for me, and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Okay, now, pause for a moment before we get into this. So Saul puts on a disguise, okay? And he does it for two reasons. One is because he's the king of Israel, and he's already made, you know, he's outlawed mediums and spiritists. And so this is going to look a little hypocritical for him to go seek one out because he's, he's driven him out. And so he's got to put on a disguise. Okay. The other reason he's putting on a disguise is because he's in, he's on Mount Geboa. He's got to go up to, um, Endor and he has to pass through Shunem. Shunem is Philistine territory. So he's got to go through enemy camp to get up to Shunem to consult this witch. 
So he doesn't want the Philistines to see him. And so he's in this disguise. He got to, you know, so picture sunglasses and a hoodie. So, so this is, this is Saul. And so, you know, and there he is. And he crawls up here to, to Endor. He disguises himself. In verse nine, then the woman said to him, look, you know, you, you know, you know what, what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and this, cause she doesn't know, Saul, she doesn't know she's talking to Saul. She's like, he's cut off all the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? You know, she's like, I could get into big trouble. Now, by the way, okay, do you remember how the Bible describes Saul? The Bible says Saul was a head taller than anybody else, any other man. So in those days, the average height of a man was like five, six. So Saul's probably well over six feet. He's like six, five, probably. Okay. Let me ask you a question. You're like six, five. You got a hoodie and sunglasses and you're not recognized, you know, and she's supposed to be a medium, right? So she's obviously not medium well. You know what I'm saying to you? All right. That's just a Wednesday night joke for you. All right. She's not medium well because she, she, should, she should know this. If she's like really tapping into stuff, she should know this. Well, verse 10, Saul swore to her by the Lord saying, as the Lord lives, like he's invoking the Lord's name, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. And then the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me, the prophet who has died. And he wants her to perform a seance and to bring up Samuel. It says, verse 12, and when the woman saw Samuel, so she, she conjures up, she has the seance. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, why have you deceived me, for you are Saul. Now she realizes. Now, I will tell you that Theologians and Bible scholars are divided on, on this chapter. Whether or not this really is the spirit of Samuel that has come up from the dead. Um, Augustine, one of the early church fathers, said that the early church fathers thought that the spirit was a demon and not Samuel. You read other commentaries, like this other one that I read said, uh, the witch was amazed and appalled when the form of Samuel really appeared, sent by God himself to put her to shame and to bring to King Saul his last warning. So um, it is difficult to know if this is really just a demon um, mimicking Saul, because that's typically the case. Uh, Samuel, rather, mimicking Samuel, because that's typically the case. When people today hold seances and, and they say, well, you know, Uncle Charlie is speaking, okay? This is why King James language refers to that as a familiar spirit, because the demons are familiar with Uncle Charlie, but it's not really Uncle Charlie. They're mimicking Uncle Charlie, and, and yet people get so deceived. So, you know, even though, you know, I made a joke about the Long Island medium, I think her name is uh, Teresa Caputo. She, and I don't even know if she's still on TV or not, but um, she had her own show where she would, you know, she would tap into the energy, she would say, of deceased people. And then she would interpret things to the living and and people would cry and they'd weep and they're like nobody would know this except you know my aunt sarah so she must be really talking to you no it's a demon it's a demon who was familiar with aunt sarah and now saying things through through this vessel 
who is being used by these de- demonic principalities should try to help people. It doesn't help people. It harms them because it deceives them. Listen, I'm here to tell you, if, if you are involved in any of this stuff, here's a principle from chapter 28. Seances, Ouija boards, tarot cards, psychic readings, crossing over when people say that they're communicating with dead loved ones and stuff. That is demonic. Now, it might be some people who are just faking it, but for, but for the majority of those things, it's just plain tapping into the occult. And I just want to encourage you, if you, if you practice any of those things, or you're into any of those things, or, or you think those things are you know, harmless, I'm here to tell you they are not harmless. You are playing with fire. It is demonic principalities. And if you have those things in your house, like tarot cards or, or Ouija boards, you need to get rid of them because it conjures up demonic principalities. And Ephesians 5.11 says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I'm doing right now. Okay, I'm exposing these things with you because you need to know that what we're reading here in this chapter, she was tapping into something. Now, I personally believe, okay, I land on the argument that this actually was uniquely the spirit of Samuel that God allowed on this one occasion to confront Saul and to shame this, this, uh, the, the medium, the woman who's performing the seance. Because by her reaction, it indicates for us in the scriptures, this is unusual. Something is happening here that doesn't normally happen. So when, when she's startled, it's an indication more, more than likely that this actually is the spirit of Samuel that God is allowed to visit on this occasion. Otherwise, she normally is tapping into demonic stuff, but because she realizes this isn't that, that's why she's startled. That's why she's amazed. And Samuel speaks, the spirit of Samuel. And when the spirit of Samuel speaks, he invokes the name of the Lord, Yahweh, the proper name of God, seven times, seven times. Now, uh, I'm going to read just a little bit of it. But let's see if we can get, actually, we might be able to get through the chapter because it's kind of a straight read. But here, here we go. And so, verse 12, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, why have you deceived me, for you are Saul? And the king said to her, do not be afraid. What did you see? So apparently, he, he doesn't see this. Uh, he's going to hear, but he doesn't necessarily see. And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. And so he said to her, what is his form? And she said, an old man is coming up and he is covered with a mantle. That would be like a shawl, like a prophet mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. So, you know, Saul is like undone here. And now Samuel said to Saul, Verse 15, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me and God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I have called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. And then Samuel said, so why do you ask me, seeing the Lord, there's, this is the proper name of God, invokes it seven times. Again, it's probably more evidence that demons are not going to invoke the name of the Lord, some demonic spirit. Why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? 
This is true. And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me meaning you're going to die. And the Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. So again, a more reason why this is probably the, actually the spirit of Samuel and not a demon is because this has a prophetic element that ends up happening. Because Samuel says here to Saul, you and your sons are going to be with me tomorrow. And they are. They're going to die in battle. And Israel will lose to the Philistines. So predicting the future, again, unlikely the demons are going to be doing that. And so this is probably a very unique one-off thing where God allowed the spirit of Samuel to appear here, as we said, to warn Saul one last time and to shame this medium. Verse 20, immediately Saul fell full length on the ground and was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel, and there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no food all day or all night. And the woman came to Saul and saw that he was severely troubled and said to him, Look, your maidservant has obeyed your voice, and I have put my life in my hands and heeded the words which you spoke to me. And now, therefore, please heed also the voice of your maidservant and let me set a piece of bread before you and eat that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. And so his servants together with the woman urged him and he heeded their voice And then he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. Now the woman had a fatted calf in the house, and she hastened to kill it. And she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread from it. And so she brought it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. And then they rose and went away that night. Very, very tragic uh, chapter. You know, you've just gotten word that your number's up. And you're going to go into battle. Your army's going to lose, and you and your sons are going to die. So Saul is just, he's like at the end of his life, he's at the end of his rope, emotionally, physically, spiritually, very, very sad story here, and um, lessons to be learned. Again, don't play with the demonic stuff. And let, let me tell you, Hollywood has done an excellent job, but I don't mean that in a flattering way, of glamorizing the demonic And um, we get wowed by the supernatural. And so it's almost become so commonplace that we just think, oh, that's no big deal. It's a big deal. And so guard your hearts and guard your life against any of these things that the enemy uses to influence us for evil. And um, instead, Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, what a sad story here with Saul and even consults a medium at the end of his life trying to find your will and just how sad he has strayed so far from you. And yet, Lord, it could, it could really happen to any of us, little by little, we sin against you, we disobey you, and before you know it, we're, we're way off track, and we're somewhere in a dark place, 
But thank you, Lord, that you rescue the weary. I pray, Lord, for anyone who's going through a time of discouragement and despair, that you will show yourself strong to them, that you will rescue them, Lord, and refresh them. And Lord, would you just bring refreshment to our souls? That's all we have for today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. If you'd like to listen to this message from 1 Samuel again, or if you'd like to explore other messages from Pastor Gary, just visit our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. Under the Teachings option, you can download our mobile app to stay connected with God's Word everywhere you go. You will also find our companion resources. These digital study guides are meant to give you even more insight into some of the studies Pastor Gary has done and are available free of charge to you. While you're there, take a minute to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify so you never miss another message. You'll also find links with more information about the church behind this ministry, Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you in person. Come visit us. You'll find service times and more information about Cornerstone Chapel at cornerstoneconnection.cc. With that, our time with you has come to an end for today. So put a marker in your Bible where we left off today in 1 Samuel and make plans to join Pastor Gary next time. Thanks again for listening to today's teaching right here on Cornerstone Connection. No place to go, but still you know, still you know you're not alone. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.